I'm Dan Albano with the Orange County Register and OCVarsity.com. And I'm joined once again by Matt Zabo of the Newport Beach, uh, Huntington Beach, Lanvin Laguna Beach Daily Pilot. And we're talking here on uh, Selection uh, Saturday for the uh, Division One Southern Section Boys Water Polo Playoffs. The brackets have uh, just come out not too uh, long ago, and I'm able to uh, have a little rapid reaction here with uh, Matt Zabo. And uh, Matt, uh, we're going to talk a little bit Division One Boys Water Polo. The bracket's out. And uh, what's your uh, what's your first read of this uh this interesting bracket. I know it's got a few people buzzing in Orange County. Um, I'm wondering what, uh, what, how you feel about it. Yeah, Dan. Um, you know, I definitely think there was some uh, speculation over who would be the number one seed. Um, I, I talked, I covered the CDM Modern Day game uh, last night, so that would be Friday night, and. Um, both Coach O.T. at CDM and Coach Hagesman at Monterey thought that Loyola uh, would be the number one seed um, just based on their beating Harvard last week in their Mission League game. Uh, but um, I don't know if it was necessarily they were happy with the way that things turned out. Um, you know, but the thing is, even with this new competitive equity rule, um, the fact that you have to um, have two t- the top two teams from a league on different sides of the bracket still um, really kind of limited the possibilities. I think that the CIS could have had in terms in terms of the top right. teams and, and how they were kind of placed. So. Um, I know Sagesman is a proponent of a, just a straight 1 through 16 ranking and bracket. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that they'll do in the future, but um, I know as of this year, um, yeah, and, and I don't think anyone was super surprised that Loyola would be the number one seed. Um, I did I did talk to Sasha, the coach at Huntington Beach, uh, just a few minutes ago, and he um, said he was hopeful that they would get the number one seed. Um, they were number two behind Harvard Westlake um, this past week. Um, and then they actually dropped to three because it's the Loyola one and Harvard Westlake two. So um, it's definitely very interesting. Um, I, I know, And I, I think the quarterfinals, which people were thinking before the brackets came out, you're going to have pretty much every quarterfinal is really intriguing uh, for several different reasons. So, I mean, next Saturday is going to be a pretty amazing day in terms of even just looking at Division One in terms of boys' water polo. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, you know, back to the scenes, I think the thing that uh, – and maybe I, I, I should have been more aware of it. I'm feeling like um, it maybe got by me, but – you know the uh, the Division One rankings just last week, uh, the ones that came out on October 31st. So on Monday this, of this week, uh, Monday of this week, uh, Loyola was sixth in Division One, and that included a victory over Modern Day the uh, the previous week, where Modern Day uh, stayed four in the Division One rankings, and they didn't they didn't really adjust that. After Loyola beat Modern Day, um, I wasn't sure how to take that one, but Loyola was six this week, and then with one victory over 
a very big victory, Harvard-Westlake. They, the Cubs go from 6-1. to one. And uh, and then Harvard, with that was their only loss against a Division One team, and they they were you know protected and got a lot of respect in the draw, and they went to number two, and then three went to Huntington Beach, placing them on that same side of the bracket with Harvard Westlake, and uh, of course Modern Day as well. Um, but that's the 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 jump. And the final week is always interesting. I think that's what um, that's what kind of surprised me that Loyola could go from six to one, um, especially when you start to look at you know Loyola has a couple losses to Orange Lutheran, uh, you know uh, one one of them by a pretty considerable amount, um, and then you know Huntington Beach just beat Orange Lutheran. So I can see why Huntington Beach might think they have a shot uh, to be number one. I did too, but we usually have, you know, a lot of the debate recently has been a, a lot of, uh, you know, body of work versus a late move. But as the CIF Southern Section told me today, I talked to Coach um, Assistant Commissioner Christine Pally. Really, what happened with this case is that you have a big league game, and that really trumped everything was that was that league result where you know that's gonna uh, change some things and then with harvard's resume loyola was in a good spot absolutely i mean you know they're among the top teams in division one um they're the only team that's beaten harvard westlake uh, this year um i know they also lost to santa margarita uh the week before that but um, I, I mean, I guess I guess you could say you you see it both ways. Huntington um, was just disappointed because Sasha feels like they have the hardest try out of any team now um, in terms of having to possibly play a modern day, uh, which dropped down to number six um, in a quarterfinal, and then come right back and play Harvard Westlake in the semis, which is the team that they that. Uh, based on um, like 
like you're talking about the body of work over the course of the whole season. Right. Yeah, you start to get into it. I mean, so yeah, the top two seeds in the whole Division One are from the Mission League. Now, was that the toughest league in Orange uh, in the Division? And is that the toughest league in Division One? I'd probably say that I, you know, you maybe have to look at the Trinity League as being the toughest league because they have the um, that third team of uh, Santa Margarita, which got a number three seed in Division Two. Um, I think that third team from the Trinity League kind of makes that uh, that uh, Trinity League probably a stronger league than the Mission League. But you know, the thing with Loyola was interesting, and I didn't realize this, but it was pointed out to me this year Loyola played four tournaments, which you can do as long as you count the uh, the, the fourth tournament as a um, as single games. But there's a way to play four tournaments. I believe it was the Royal Girls last year, which won CIF in their division. Uh, Simi Valley Royal Girls also did played four tournaments, but. Loyola didn't win any of their tournaments. Um, they play, they went to the Santa Barbara tournament uh, early in the season. They kind of played a you know very front loaded schedule with these tournaments, which was a, a tough schedule for them. Where they uh, end up losing to Orange Lutheran at the Santa Barbara invite, eleven to seven. Santa uh, Orange Lutheran won that tournament, and then they went to the Elite Eight tournament and they lost to Harvard. Uh, pretty sizably. Uh, they lost the Sacred Heart at the Elite uh, Eight tournament. And then they went to the South Coast tournament. They lost to Agura. Uh, that was their one loss in their second game. So then they had a quiet tournament after that because they lost in the second game, which was, you know, happens at the South Coast. We didn't, didn't get much on our, uh, on our radar there. And then they went to the North South Challenge uh, as well. And, um, they lost in the first round to, uh, I believe, their first game to Miramonte, or the, on the first day, they lost to Miramonte one out. So they played a bunch of tournaments, Matt, and then they've gotten hot and played well. Um, Coach Flax at uh, Harvard Westlake says they're playing well, and um, right now at this point of the year. So, um, but yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the quarterfinals, so let's go there. And we'll keep with the Loyola theme because one of the things that's come back, Matt, and I want to get your opinion on it because you know this team very well, but some people have already looked at that Loyola quarterfinal. They open with uh, playing host to Los Osos out of the baseline league. But if Loyola wins, their quarterfinal would be against the Newport Harbor El Toro uh, winner. El Toro will be the host game, and that game will be on Wednesday. And Newport's beat El Toro uh, already at El Toro, but it was a pretty uh, decent game. Um, but it was a couple-goal game. But some people have looked at and said, hey, Newport Harbor, they beat El Toro. They'll be the home team in the quarterfinals against Loyola. You know, Newport's been a very respectable team. If Coach Ross has got something up his sleeve, if they, if the if the Sailors can, you know, are got a, have a young team, if they they have shown throughout the year that they've continued to get better, they play a tight press, they have a whole center, uh, Jackson Westerman who can draw exclusions. If they can play a good game, maybe they could, you know, of course they have to get by El Toro, but maybe they could upset Loyola. Um, I I would not be that. 
that surprised if that happened, to be honest. I, I mean, I think Newport, um, if you look at it, they, they've consistently gotten better throughout the whole season. Um, I talked to Coach OG at CDM today, and he kind of said the same thing, you know, that they're, they should, they are a dangerous team, um, kind of going into CIS. And um, I think it's actually a good draw for them. Um, you know, they haven't, like you said, they played El Toro in a tight game a couple weeks ago. Um, but, it, you know, if they can get past that game, they play Loyola. They haven't played Loyola yet this season. Um, but if you look at it, like you said, a home game, which would be beneficial, um, they're not going to – I don't think that they've had a lot of really ugly losses to top teams. Like, they tend to play up to the level of the, of the top teams in Division One. Okay. Uh, throughout the course of the season, and I, I think that they could do that again um, against Loyola. They have they have a lot of dangerous players, like you said, Westerman at center. Um, they have Cole Prosen in the lefty. Um, they have uh, Contrable Linenstad is another good scorer for them. Right. So um, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Loyola. I mean, I, I think that. If you look at it, that's the, that would be the possible 1-8 matchup um, in the quarterfinals, but that's no more lopsided than any of the other games, I, I think, to be honest. I mean, that's gonna, I think they're all going to be close games. You know, and in keeping with that upper half of the bracket, you know, a possible quarterfinal would be Crone Del Mar against Orange Lutheran, and that is the, uh, would be a replay of the third-place match at the South Coast Tournament way back in late September and that game was a one goal game with uh, Hannes DeBay uh, scoring a late goal in I believe regulation I think it was a 10-9 victory by Orange Lutheran that would be an outstanding quarterfinal um, that would be a, a coin flip game for the site right yeah um, and that was a game that honestly CDM felt like that they shouldn't have lost that game it kind of got away from them they were ahead the whole game um, and then Orange Lutheran came back late um, to win the game so um, you know I think um, a lot of it is going to be um, health as well you know we covered the Huntington Orange Lutheran game uh, last weekend and uh, Ash Moulton Moulton was kind of limited you know um, so is he going to be at 100% for CIF? I assume so, you know, like 10 days later. But um, a lot of it is also just where you're at um, health-wise right now. I, I know CDM, um, again, I covered the game last night. They didn't have um, William Baroth, who um, is a senior for them and is one of their top scorers. Um, he, he was out sick. Okay. So, um, and that hurt them because they struggled on their six on five against modern day and he's a big part of their six on five so um a lot of it is just going to be health also you know and kind of having everybody there but yeah like i think cdm warns lutheran um i look at that game as another you know one goal game two goal game and i mean ultimately um whichever team wins the coin flip and has the home game there that could end up not being the deciding factor, but that could be a big advantage um, in a close game. Yeah. And, you, and just to pivot right off of what you said with the health issue, the biggest injury watch even even more than uh, 
than Ash Moulton. The biggest in- injury watch is, is at Harvard Westlake, where they have their six foot five center, uh, U.S. national uh, junior team uh, player, UCLA commit uh, Felix Braz- Braznia Vilm. Um, he has been out since the uh, the finals, the championship game um, against Modern Day in the uh, SoCal Elite, uh, the California Elite uh, Eight tournament, and that tournament uh, actually ended, I believe it was uh, mid September, September seventeenth. Uh, he hasn't played since that. He's dealing with some kind of a knee injury, I believe it is, leg injury. Coach um, Brian Flax at Harvard Westlake says uh, he's hopeful to play. I've seen a a uh, a bold tweet from Eric Seidenheimer of the LA Times today that said that Felix was due back this week, and Eric already predicted that Harvard Westlake would win uh, Division One, but uh, they have not been playing their best. Uh, losing to Loyola, they lost to Santa Margarita. They've had, you know, some lineup issues with not playing at full strength. Harvard's going to start the game, the the playoffs on the road at Rigetti on Wednesday, and then their potential um, quarterfinal would be uh, pro- most likely against Foothill. Foothill opens up against Dana, which is a rematch of last year's Division Two final, which was an epic uh, triple overtime. But Dana Hills had the OC Register Player of the Year in that game, Bennett Williams. They're not as strong as they were uh, last year. But you know, uh, but this, uh, but Harvard Westlake would be at home in the quarterfinals, uh, perhaps playing host to Foothill. So, uh, what do you think about that game? Where you know you have another, you know, Foothill team with Coach Jim Brum. Veteran coach usually gets to peak his teams. Uh, he does a great, great job of peaking his teams in the playoffs. And you know, here they are, um, Foothill going into that game where they've seen Harvard drop some games. And who knows about how good a condition or what good, what kind of shape or ability that uh, Felix has. Right. I mean, that's kind of the tough thing. Is like, I mean, you, it's, it's easy to say. Oh, he's coming back, so we're going to win CIF. But um, it, it's it's you have to kind of put all your pieces and have, make them work together. You know, I mean, these are guys that there there have been guys at Harvard that have had to step up in his absence. So if he comes back, those those other guys are going to have different roles as well. You know, and they don't really have a lot of time to kind of. Um, set that up the, like their system that they want to run at full strength so um, it, it's definitely going to be interesting um, as far as Foothill um, yeah I think I think they're always tough you know um, if you look at it um, they have a strong record uh, they're 22 and 5 right now um, they um, and you know They've lost. If you look at it, they've lost. They don't really have any bad losses. They've lost to Huntington, Modern Day, CDM. Uh, They did lose to Sacred Heart Prep, um, but then Orange Lutheran, and um, those. And so those are their losses, you know. Um, And those are all the teams that are uh, ranked above them um, in the Division One poll. So I I think they're going to play Harvard tough. that would be a home game for Harvard, it looks like, right? Because right. Because they're, 
on the road in the first round. So um, Phil's going to have to travel up to L.A. But, um, yeah, like, I, th- I think it's going to be another interesting quarterfinal. I mean, if, if Harvard Westlake was at full strength with, with, with Felix, I would predict them to win by a few goals probably. But um, you, you don't know how um, – how that's going to work out exactly. So, I mean, I think that just kind of adds to the intrigue of Division One. Kind of, he's a wild card, you know. So, how is he going to come back and yeah. really impact things? Big wild card. You know, the last quarterfinal that we, you know, we could possibly see. You know, Huntington Beach is the third seed in Division One. They're going to open against by playing host to Damien, baseline league champion. Modern Day is going to go on the road in the first round on Wednesday. They're going to go up to the Channel League number one, Santa Barbara. If Modern Day and Harvard, uh, Huntington Beach play in the quarterfinals, this again would be on Saturday, uh, November 12th, that game would be at Modern Day. Now, uh, Huntington Beach recently beat Modern Day um, in the finals of the North-South Challenge by about four or five goals. Uh, Huntington Beach wasn't uh, full strength. They didn't play with Ethan uh, uh, Wojokowski in that game. But uh, Modern Day has traditionally had the number of Huntington Beach. But Huntington Beach is now a different team with their transfers back. They look like a different team with uh, you know Ryan Hurst playing two meters, Garrett Zahn setting, um, supporting Quentin Osborne at center. They looked like a, a you know a much different team. Um, so, you know, that would still be a very difficult, uh, you know, uh, quarterfinal. Uh, I mean, that would be, you know, a stellar game. You have modern day, you know, defending Division One champions. They've been in the finals just about every year for a very long time. You'd have to go back. Um, the last time modern day did not reach the finals, um, that's quite a stretch. Um you know, you have to. You have to. That's that's a little research, but that's before their their run. Um, probably close. Probably close to ten years, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, I know um, they beat El Toro. Um, I think um, the year after El Toro won CIF, like El Toro was the last public school team to win CIF in '09, I believe. So. Yeah, it really, it actually will go back because I think it's, I think, uh, thinking off the top of my head, pretty sure that Modern Day in their first year of Division One, um, they won against Del Toro. So you'd have to go back to their Division Two days, which is early in the uh, the tenure of uh, Coach Sig- uh, Coach Segesman, um, and you'd probably have to go back to. Uh, 2000, yeah, about 10 years, maybe 2006, and it might have been um, when Modern Day in 2006 lost a first-round game to El Dorado, um, which was not a, uh, a, you know, this was before Modern Day became a powerhouse, and El Dorado didn't win the CIF year that year in Division II. Um, that year it was, you know, Santa Barbara beating Ventura. You might have to go, that might have been the last time Modern Day um didn't get to a final because in 2007 they did get to the finals and they lost in Division Two to Josh Samuels in Villa Park. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I actually I pulled it up right now and I'm looking at it right now. So you're right. Um, 2006 is the last time they didn't make the finals. Um, of seven, they lost to Villa Park in the Division Two. Um, 
and then they won Division Two um, in 2008, beating Servite. Um, and 2009, they beat J. Sarah, and then they moved up to Division One. Yep. So and that's... Uh, won Division One uh, three years in a row. So, yeah, ten years. I mean, if, if you're that's a heck of a run to be in the finals every year uh, for a ten-year span, you know. Um, but it's it's definitely not going to be easy for them this year. That's for sure. Well, Matt, as we uh, we uh, conclude this. Uh this uh, water polo podcast and we appreciate the water polo fans checking us out and you can um, follow Matt at uh, the daily at uh, the dailypilot.com and his uh, Twitter handle MJ Zabo S is in Sam Z A B O on Twitter Matt let's put you on the spot where do you think you will be where will the fans be able to follow your coverage on this uh, quarterfinal Saturday a week from today what I mean and of course we might need some help with some game times but not always certain you know on a Saturday they can really move around those game times maybe they'll make a double header for us but let's put it this way if you had to pick one game where would you go you think what's the game you think you're going to try try to cover on that Saturday um, yeah, I mean, first let me say I, I don't think I'll be covering just one game. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, you know, the top half, I think the top half games um, are have to be later than the bottom half games. So there might be a chance to pull a doubleheader if both the, the games are in Orange County. But um, one game, um, I yeah. would say Huntington Modern Day, which we just talked about, you know. Overtime 
um, to Loyola early in the season. So, you know, El Toro's looking at this um, this opportunity as well. Um, that's going to probably be a killer match where, um, you know, Toro Justin Johnson does a, you know does an excellent job. Uh, he's got a lot of seniors on that team. Um, that's you know, so that's the that quarterfinal because I just I, I have to say I, I'm I'm not sold on Loyola, um, not quite yet. Uh, but uh, I'm impressed how they're playing lately with their their victory against. Uh, modern day, they've beaten Harvard uh, recently. Harvard's not full strength. I've been impressed with uh, Huntington, but uh, I wonder if somebody uh, in that eighth a spot could upset the number one. Um, I would expect, you know, uh, that I would be seeing Huntington Beach in the uh, the semis against um, Harvard Westlake. I would I would expect Moder- uh, uh, Huntington Beach to get by Modern Day. Even if the game at Modern, uh, even if the game is at Modern Day, I still think Huntington Beach can get that game. Though it's not going to be easy. Um, you know, it's a uh, you know the proud program with the uh, the Monarchs. Um, they don't take their they they don't you know they're going to pull out all the stops. But I I am kind of wondering about that uh, if it's you know Huntington if it's Newport uh, Loyola that that might uh, get me over there or even El Toro seeing how. It, depending on how El Toro plays, but let's hope for some help with the schedule makers, right, uh, right, uh, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, definitely, I mean, you, we, that's right, we're kind of at the mercy of the schedule makers, so um, we'll have to wait until after those first round games to really see, but I mean, that, you're right, the, also, though, El Toro and Port Harbor is a pretty compelling first round game as well, and, yeah. uh, like you said, they played a couple weeks ago. Um, that game was back and forth. Newport Harbor had a big lead, and El Toro came back to tie the game in the second half, I believe. I believe they rallied from a four-goal deficit. Um, and then Newport Harbor ended up winning that game. But um, they're definitely um, – Newport Harbor's going to have to earn it to get to, to get to get to that quarterfinal against Lodola if, if that happens. So, yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, yeah. Yeah, El Toro's got a very good attacker, Chad Nelson, a senior. The, they have a Lighten, uh, one of the Lighten brothers is doing very well. Um, they have a good center in Trent Rivers. He's can match Jackson uh, Westerfield. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how good how good the goalies play, where, like you said, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Newport's got some firepower, Um you know, you have to, you know, teams got to be ready for uh, Connor Turnbow, uh, Linenstadt. Can He's got a rifle arm. They have a lefty that they can do, they can move it well. And uh, there are some times that I've been very impressed with Newport Harbor's press. And if they can maybe not, you know, I've seen them come out very strong in a press from the beginning of games and cause teams a lot of trouble. Maybe if they could strategically uh Start that press a little bit later in the game, if 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 it can, and then they can maintain it throughout. Uh, I I don't know I, but they're one of the most improved teams I've seen this year, and um, I feel like uh, I, I I have a feeling that Ross Sinclair is going to become a coach um, that's going to be able to um, raise the level of his team, and I feel like that will be, I feel like that's coming that the. 
you know, Newport is on the cusp of, of really taking another step. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's the next year. Um, but they're, you know, they are very um, fired up and trying to get reestablish that Newport Harbor tradition. And but a lot, everybody's fired up this time of year. Corona Del Mar is going to be fired up uh, to get back at Olu. Olu is trying to to follow the success of their girls program and get to a Division One final for the first time. They once won their first Trinity League title. Huntington Beach, like you mentioned. They'll be fired up. Modern day trying to defend a title. Harvard-Westlake trying to put it all together. It's going to be a great playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, a lot of people have talked about those quarterfinals um, for the last couple weeks and how they're going to be, but now that the brackets are actually out and you kind of see matchups that could happen, um, it's, it's going to be pretty amazing. I mean, um, you know, Barry over at CDM, uh, he talked to me about this is it's it's four games now. You know, you're you're trying to you're trying to make a run for four games, and um, it'll be interesting to see you know which team can pull it off. Well, it's going to be a great cover, uh, great great uh, fun for us to cover. So we got a we are a couple lucky uh, sports writers uh, this time of year with the uh, water polo playoffs. So. 